We continue our series, Lord, I Need Help. Proverbs chapter 14. And I believe that all of us need help one way or the other. And if you don't need any help, take into counseling what we're going to say tonight. And when you need that help, you can go and say, well, I'm glad for that message. All right, so let's look at verse 12. There is a, a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the ends thereof are the ways of death. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you, Lord, for you and how you can guide us through life. And Lord, help us to remind you every time we are in trouble and we need your help. Help us not to forget you, but always put you first, Lord. May we knock on heaven's door. May we ask, may we seek. And Lord, that because we are needy people. I pray, Father, if there's someone here that don't know you as personal Savior, may they call upon you tonight for salvation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. So this morning we had a different message tonight. This morning we have our focus, our theme for the year is refocus. It's our theme for the year, and we've been looking at that subject from several different angles all year round. But tonight we have a different series. Is Lord, I need help. We've been uh, touching different topics, and tonight is about the, the problem of addiction. Uh, you say, well, Pastor, I don't have any addictions. Well, I'm, if you don't, then I'm thankful for you. Praise the Lord that you have, don't have any addictions. But uh, you say, well, we Christians, we don't suffer those things. Oh, no, no, no. I met many Christians along the way who uh, got themselves involved in all kinds of addictions. So our message tonight is called, Lord, I Need Help. And our message is, Lord, I have a problem with addiction. We look at very different topics. Tonight we come to this one, addiction. So tonight we are walk, talk, I'm going to talk about addic addiction. So how does God help you with the problem of addiction? Although this verse applies to many situ situations in life, it is a, a perfect des description of addiction. We're going to look at that, even the verse tonight here. So addictions come in many different forms. We immediately think that addictions is, is alcohol, drugs, uh, when we heard about this type of stuff. So, well, you know, I don't, I don't abuse alcohol, I don't do drugs, I don't have an addiction. So well, let me remind you something these days. Although it applies to those situations of life, uh, we, and we think is an alcohol and drugs is more than that. Uh, some people can become addicted to things like, such as food. You say, well, really? Yes, food. You ready for the next one? Gambling. It's a big one. Shoplifting. I saw a lady get arrested one time in the store, right in front of me. Cigarettes. Work. Workaholics. This one is a big one. Pornography. Internet. Video games. Look, addicted to video games? Yes. Smartphones, texting, pain medication. We can go on and on and on about this. But it's all kind. When we think about addictions, we think of alcohol and drugs. Well, it's more than that. So, one person describes her addiction this way. I was, the, I was the best, I'm sorry, it was the best thing until it became the worst thing. That could almost be a... a, a a mentor for any addiction it is always it's always that way whatever whether it is alcohol or something else it is always the best thing until it becomes the worst thing sometimes people play with certain things and they don't realize they become addicted to what they're playing with and it can happen to anybody and that includes Christians as well there's a way that seems right to you it is, it is the best thing, the very best thing, the only thing. Nothing matters. The more than this, but, the, but in the end, it leads the ways of death. And it's not even the thing itself, but the reality, the reality is that addiction is a big problem. You got that? Addiction is a big problem. It can affect anyone. And sometimes, you, I mean, I, li I don't like that way, but people say, it's my prerogative. I do what I want to do. Well, don't you understand that what you do sometimes drags other people with you? Right. And other people hurt because of you? Right. And you say, well, it's my prerogative. No, no, no. You have to be careful what we do because we drag people with us. You say, well, what about in the church? Yeah, you can hurt your church family with those addictions. 
I mean, it's all kinds of addictions, but, you know, we're going to touch on this. We're going to touch about the, we're going to expose addiction, and we're going to see what God says, what we, we need to do to stay away from those things. Uh, I remember my father-in-law one time, he told me a story of this lady that was addicted to gambling. And, of course, I, I don't know if it's true or not, because I don't go to those places, that they have those uh, ATM machines there on which you can withdraw your money. And uh, she got so addicted to it that she actually gambled her whole, whole house. When the husband found out, her house was gone. They lost everything because she tried to make amends for it. I, I'm going to get it back. I'm going to get it back. Listen, folks, those places are there to make money, not to give you money. But, you know, the illusion that we, in Rhode Island, say if you, you can't win if you don't play. Well, let them play because I ain't playing. <laughs> That's the best way to do, you know. So, so, the, <laughs> uh, so the problem of addiction is that it can become your, listen to this, worship. The Bible calls that idolatry and unchecked. Uh, it will ultimately destroy any person. We desperately need to deal with the problem of addiction. So let's look at this from several points tonight, okay? The problem of addiction, number one. The problem of addiction. So why is addiction such a problem? Do you agree with me that addiction is a problem? I believe it is a, not just a, it's a serious problem. All right? It is a serious problem. Addiction is a huge problem because of the great cost involved. Addiction is the cause of many broken relationships. Okay, got this? Addiction can cause great harm to a person with the addiction. I tell you, I had an uncle. I'm talking about alcohol now. I'm not going to take, we're not going to talk about alcohol. But my uncle Joe, he was so addicted to alcohol, we tell him to go to rehab. He go to rehab. It didn't help unless you want to help yourself. You know, he came back and he, and he was, physically, he was suffering so hardly and harshly because of the effects of it. I said, Uncle Joe, don't you see what's going on with you? You know what they do? Denial, 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 ju justifying, justifying, because they don't want to hear it. They like what they're doing. They're like, you know, they get caught, they ask forgiveness, but guess what? They keep doing it because that's what they want to do. They like the... The, 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 the rush and whatever they're doing that, that feel, feeds them. No, not A, the cost of addiction. When you, you type the words, word social cost in, or into Google, the first suggestion that comes is, is social cost of alcohol. With over 15 million results, according to the CDC, except excessive alcohol consumption costs the United States, listen to this, $200 billion annually. Wow. According to an encyclopedia of drugs, alcohol, and, uh, and addictive uh, behavior, uh, there are over 100,000 deaths per year in the United States due to alcohol abuse. Drinking and driving and all those things. You know, alcohol abuse is a killing machine. And people keep doing They say, ah, oh, social drinking doesn't hurt anybody. It does hurt people. I live in the house of one that did that. Not only hurt them, it hurts everybody else that lives in that atmosphere and environment. They say, oh, it's just a drink here and a drink. They be careful because it's enticing. It takes one drink. Listen, not, not, nobody comes an alcohol or a drug addict overnight. It's a progressive thing. So, in addition of the... Uh, the causing that, uh, that uh, early death, sub substance abuse makes for a variety of consequences that reduce the quality of life both for users and other people. So the annual cost of drug abuse is over $100 billion, and the annual cost of gambling is almost half as much as $15 billion. So Americans spend more, listen to this, on pornography in one year than the annual sales of Coca-Cola combined. Can you imagine that? And now with Internet, they do it right where they are. They don't have to, you know, they do it in their cars. They're doing whatever. They go in the beaches. They go in the trees. They go in the, whatever they go. It's right on our fingertips. The people are accessing this by the thousands, and Christians including. We say, well, we Christians don't do that. Oh, yes, they do. Oh, yes, they do. It said the, 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 the uh, amount of money used in pornography is, is astronomical, the amount of it. So, let it be. The cost to families. The cost to families. Next is the cost to families. Most of, of us either know or are in a family that has been affected by addictions. 
So most, uh, uh, so in, in fact, uh, in a report on drug and alcohol addictions, includes that they are, there is not, uh, not a family in America that has not been impacted by addictions. A family is a system, and when the system runs properly, is a beautiful thing. You have a safe place to come home, a family member, a loved one, all that. But when addictions take in, it can destroy everything that you try to work for. Can pornography destroy a home? Yes, it can. It is adultery at the heart. What about a single person? Oh, it's not sin. Oh, yes, it is. When you take money out of your family to go, to go drink the booze, is that, is that, um, is that uh, a sin? Of course it is. What about any other thing that we do? Because now we're putting ourselves above anybody else. Me first. My addiction first. I got to feed my ego right here, and you guys just hang in there. I put it like this. My father, he would go one week, two weeks, never bring a dime home for my mother and us, but he never failed to drink his booze. Oh, we don't have any money, but we were suffering here. Thank the Lord for my grandmother, my grandfather, but... You never win without it. If you don't have money to support your family, you don't have money for your addiction. You got that? So the child usually, I'm sorry, go back here. Home is no longer a safe place. Children uh, to pick up after their parents. We learn to, to live with deception and denial. We develop unhealthy uh, uh, mechanicals that follow us into other areas of life and forget the safe environment. We're just working on survival, so to speak. So the children uh, usually suffer the most. They don't understand why mom and dad don't, don't get together or can't get along because of those things. So uh, I put it like this. I can talk about this in a very serious way because I lived through it. I lived through it. I saw the language. I saw the, the tearing down with words. I saw the shoving around to a point I have to stand between my mother and my father so we didn't kill each other. Is it hard? It's not a good environment for children. Not good. Yeah, you know, you don't want to, like, to go to your, against your dad because it's your father and then your mother's behind you. And they're going at each other because, you know, one is right and this one is wrong. Most families struggle with addiction, eventually come apart. So there is also the high cost of divorce or separation, which is another one of the great causes because someone went wrong. So let us see. The cost to yourself. The cost to yourself. So there is a cost to society. There is also a cost to families, but also a cost to oneself individually. Look at Proverbs chapter 23, verse 19. And the Proverbs 23 warns about alcohol abuse. Look what it says there in verse 19. Hear thou, my son, and be wise, and guide thine heart in the way. Be not among, work what it says, I get my glasses here, wine, bibbers, among riots, eaters of flesh, for the drunk word and the glutton shall come to poverty, and drowsiness shall claw the man with rags. So when you are addicted, you are basically, basically out of control. Someone else, some, someone else is controlling you. When you're under the influence, whatever addiction you have, you, somebody else is controlling you. You're not controlling yourself. That's what happens here. So you are, you are not calling the shots. Your addiction is. You are not free. You buy, you a, you're a slave to your addiction. I'll give you an example. With my uncle Joe in rehab, he was a slave to that. I, I experienced my dad also, my uncle, my uncle, many also. I have many people that have been through this stuff, which they, they, they become slaves of their addiction. Their addiction is in control, not them. When a person gets up in the morning and they go after the addiction, they are addicted. So can, you can convince yourself that you are still in control, but you're not. I can't stop any time I want this, say, right. They cannot. But the, but the sad reality is that they are out of control. They're not controlling anymore. Somebody is controlling them. Let's go to the next one. Uh, uh, number one there. I can affect, it can affect one eternal, eternal destiny. Get this. It can also affect a person's destiny. When a person is a slave to someone or something, it can be hard for that person to have freedom or experience freedom in Christ. 
You see, addictions can control us to a point we don't even listen to the voice of God. Actually, go to uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. Let's look what it says here. And I don't, want to, I don't want to take the passage out of context here. I want you to see what it says here. So look, it says in 1 Corinthians 6, 9. It says, Know ye not that the unrighteousness shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. I said, don't deceive yourself. Neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor, adul- nor adulterers, I'm sorry, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. Look what it says in verse 10. No thieves, no covetousness, no drunkards. No reviles, no extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And look what it says. And such were some of you. Praise the Lord for those words. Such some of you. But ye are washed. But ye are sanctified. And ye are, ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of our God. So now, verse 11 states very clear that there is hope for those people. There is hope. But how many died in that hopeless state like that? You say, wow, that's a sad place to be. It is. Can a person be addicted to sports? Oh, yes. Sports is their ultimate king. I mean, some, some Christians know, they know about sports more than they know about their Bible. I know somebody, they can say all the statistics about anything and any. When they talk about the Bible, they don't even know one verse. Remember, your addiction is, we're like this. If you have any addiction, your addiction is your God. And ultimately is idolatry. If you addiction keeps you away from the real God, it will also keep you out of the kingdom of God because ultimately you never see the need of a savior to save you from your sin. And again, I'm talking about unsaved people. What those who are saved? Can a Christian get submerged into this? Yes, he can. Yes, he can. That's why Proverbs 14:12 says, "It is a way which seemeth right." unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So addiction is a huge problem. There's a high cost of society, a high cost of families, a high cost of the individuals. So let's, let's dig a little deeper in here uh, into the scripture and see what, what, uh, how can we better understand this. Number two, understand addiction. Let's try to understand addiction tonight. There are many ways to describe the progressive uh, of addiction and how a person becomes addicted. But let me outline for you a simple, a simple fourth step, four steps right here, that seems to cover the main basis. Addiction begins sometimes, a lot of times, with hurt. There's something in that person's life, and they just, sometimes it's curiosity, sometimes it's peer pressure, sometimes it's just hurt. They want to forget something, so they begin to gradually, oh, let me get this today, let me get this strong. It's all kinds of things. You know, addictions come, like I said, come in many different ways. So addiction begins with, sometimes with the hurt. It leads to an escape, which leads to deception, which leads to slavery. You follow that? It's a step progression. It's a, a person doesn't get addicted overnight. You don't have a person go get a drink of alcohol and, and tomorrow is addicted to it. It's a progression. I like it. I'm doing it. I keep doing it. Before you know, you're hooked up into it. So number one, addiction begins with hurt and curiosity. People get too curious about things that they shouldn't be. I remember when I was 19 years old, I came, it was my break time at 9 o'clock in the morning. I came outside, this beautiful spring day. It was outside in the courtyard where we, I was working. And I sat in this little, it was like telephone poles there. And I sat there, there was a bunch of them. And I sat there, and this guy calls my name. He was behind the poles. He called my name. He called my, and I look at him, so what's the matter? And he said, oh, I want to try this. I didn't realize what it was. The, guy was doing drugs right there and he offered to me and it was come curiosity gets the best of you oh look at this want to try it want to try and he keeps going with these words you know like try to get you in and i like i'm there like i want to try and your mind began to work and finally i said thank you i don't need this never took drugs to this day and and i don't plan to do it but how many people fall into that trap how many people fall into that stuff? And before you know, they keep doing Before you know, they're way down there. It starts somewhere. It starts somewhere. So experts say that addiction, most of the time it begins as a person tried to cover up, sometimes hurt, sometimes it's just curiosity. So this is a small percent on which goes to those who get addicted starting with curiosity. Some people, you know what? 
You know, it amazes me. You know, it hurts my heart to see that, to say that. And I live long enough as a Christian to see that. How many families, how many moms and dads raise their kids in the ways of the Lord? They try to give them the best they can, try to protect them. And when they get too curious, when they get that liberty, go into the world and start to listen, mom and dad, or they, they taught him along the years, they get too curious and get embarked in those things. And before you know, they make a mess out of their lives. I've seen many kids like that on which they made a mess. Curiosity, be careful with that. Addiction can become with curiosity. Many times with hurt sometimes. It may be loneliness, guilt, or shame. Uh, but in the heart of every addiction, there is a deep and a, a lingering hurt that never been resolved there. It may be a pain from a childhood, or maybe some uh, 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 dramatic thing that happened in their life. It may be something that is there and what drives them to those things. Maybe it's just simple curiosity on which they like, since they, they taste that stuff. That is a, a tough thing to say, but we see that is a progressional thing. So the Bible acknowledged that, uh, that, that the heartbreaking issue of life and then in actually in, in uh, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 4. You go there, Proverbs 18, verse 4. And give you some verses tonight. The Bible says, though, I wait for you. Just go there because I'm going too fast right here. Look what it says in Proverbs 18, 4. It says, the words of a man's mouth are as deep waters and a wellspring of wisdom as a flowing brook. So God knows a crushed spirit is more than we can bear sometimes. And that's why he offers to bear it for us. But when we go looking for God in all the wrong places, we often substitute a life-killing uh, addiction for God and actually healing. But I tell you what, there is always hope in God. But be careful when we try to go sometimes when we hurt ourselves in some places. So, for an example, I, when if I go to a restaurant, I do not like to sit in the bar area. I don't. To me, I uh, make me feel, not because it's it going to cause me to sin or anything. I just don't want to be there. It, it makes me feel uncomfortable. Don't like that area. And I try of all costs to avoid that. So, for example, let's look a little bit. A bit let it be. Addiction is a way of, a way of escape. We see this. Uh, next comes escape. In the children's book, The Little Princess, the, the princess uh, acts as a character uh, called the uh, uh, the tripler here, why do, do you drink? The tripler responds, because I feel guilty. The prince then asks, why do you feel guilty? The tripler responds, because I drink. <laughs> this is part of a cycle of addiction. People cannot bear the emotional pain, so they seek escape in their addiction. And, and we uh, find a, a escape in something that seems so wonderful, so, uh, something that makes us feel good uh, for a change. Uh, a, a change. And sometimes the, uh, we think that, okay, if I do this, I'm going to forget about all these things right here. It doesn't happen that way, folks. See, the best thing in the, wor in the, in the world, until it, it becomes the best thing in the world and until the, the, the results come about. And becomes the main desire in our lives many times. But let me tell you, addictions is never good. Addiction has to do with our desires. We make excuses and we try to, to, to dock responsibilities, but all comes back, uh, uh, back to our desires when they are wrong. So look, actually, go to James chapter 1, verse 14. Look what it says. But every man is tempted when he's drawn away to our, his own lost, right, right here, and enticed. So addiction, addiction comes at an enticing thing, like a bait that you put for a fish. It entices, and we, we begin to like it. We begin to like it. Listen, I love sports. I do. Love to watch a football game. Love to watch a soccer game. I don't like baseball because it's boring. Uh, golf, uh, I only like to play it, but it's boring too. But anyway, it's my opinion. But anyway, but I, I mean, it's a like for like, but it's people that are fanatics. It is literally, that's what they live for. They talk about everything they do is all sports. And they know I have nothing else to talk about. It's all sports. What about other things that the same thing? I can, I can be with that with all kinds of stuff. I tell you what. I see people in my job I work with, the only thing they talk about is gambling all the time. I'm like, wow, that's what they talk about. That's what they live for. And it's like, I like, one guy said to me, he said, you don't know what, how good it is because you never win. I was like, listen, you tell me how much you win and, 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 and forget about, and tell me, I'm sorry, tell me about, about how much you lost so far and, and then you tell me about your wins. 
You know what? They, don't, they only see their wins. They don't see their losses because they're too addicted to. I'll tell you what. Addiction can come in different ways, but they can be very hard. So let us see. Addiction is deceptive. This is one of the most uh, dangerous things here about addiction is deceptive. The lies we tell each other and the lies we tell ourselves. We become experts on hiding our addiction. I remember my father. My father, I found the bottles under the car, in the shed, in the bathroom closet, everywhere. He had bottles. A dad, where'd you put that thing in there? Oh, it was not me. Nobody else drinks in the house but you. That thing didn't walk over there. Oh, it was not me. Every time it was denial, denial, denial. You know what? They don't want to admit. They don't want to, they don't want to deal with it. So they, they become masters of justification. They justify. They justify. So we become experts on hiding our addiction. We hide, uh, we hide it because we're afraid it will be taken away from us many times. And if somebody discovers, so we deny. We don't, we don't, we don't know that we can, we, if we can't live without it because we're so addicted to it, so we lie, we deceive, we manipulate, we blame. And in the process, we lose all true sense of self. We lie to those who love us the most so we can keep on going with our addictions. We hurt them and we hurt ourselves. We destroy relationships. We lose the trust to others around us. We think nobody knows, but, but, but they know. My dad didn't have to tell me that he was like that. My uncle said, oh, we knew, we, everybody could see. That is the deception of addiction. We lie to cover up. We even yell and scream and holler to cover up our addictions. And we fail to see that we are destroying ourselves. And listen to this, and others around us. That is a de the deception of addiction. No one can teach me what addiction can do and cannot do. I lived through it. It was in my own home. My teenage years, from my 10 years old to my 19, my dad and I was like this. I knew he was my dad. I respected him. But our relationship was terrible. You know what? The time that I need my dad the most, I had no one to go to. I couldn't talk about, about my dad about life because he was too busy with his addiction. You know, it was, he wouldn't say anything, he wouldn't talk anything. He'd come home and was hollering and screaming. And the house was a mayhem place to be. So it was, it was the times that I need him the most, he was not there for me. Yeah, he stopped drinking. He got saved. He got cleaned. He became a godly man. But I tell you what, I lost those years. I don't hold that against him. But if he was the dad that I needed when he was there. So what I'm saying this, I'm saying this, be careful with addiction. Be careful. One drink here, one drink there. I won't hurt anybody. Yeah, I won't hurt myself. Be careful. Because after one drink and two drinks becomes a whole bottle. And before you know, it keeps on going. And you're hurting yourself. You're hurting those around you. I needed my dad when I was a teenager. I did. But my but his best friend was the bottle. You wouldn't, he, you would cover it up, but I knew he was deceived. It hurt me because I needed a father. My father was not there. I praise God for my father that never, for my mother, I'm sorry, never gave up on me. Praise the Lord for my mother. Praise the Lord my mother stood against my father, protected his kids, her kids, especially my sister's. When my dad was in the height of that addiction. Yes, my friends, addiction is deceptive and it lies to you. I thank the Lord for my dad. Before he died, he asked forgiveness to all of us. He said, I did because I, I, I knew I did it. And I did it because I wanted to drink. I didn't care about anybody else. Right before he died, he asked my mother to forgive him. He asked my sisters to forgive him. When I led him to the Lord, those things were brought up. I could see that was true repentance. He really regretted. And I'm glad that one day I would be in heaven and I would see my father again. 
I don't hold that against him. I don't. I'm just saying this because it's a preaching message. Otherwise, it would die with me because I love my dad. But I did miss have a father there in my teenage years. Look what it says in Jeremiah 17:9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? This is never more true when we are walking or we're talking about addiction. The addiction, uh, uh, the addicted to main tools are deception and denial. The alcoholic hides the, hides the bottle around the house. The porn addict uh, uh, in, in scripts computer files on the hard drive and wipes the browsing history so nobody can see it, but it's there. The shopaholic keeps separate stashes of money and, and hides the receipts. The food addict purge, uh, addicted pur- purchase uh, in private so nobody knows. The gambler lies to their family about where the money is all, all going. Talk about denial. Addicts are masters, man, master manipulators. They deny, they deny, deny, and deny the truth because they don't want to stop what they're doing. Just try confronting uh, me with my addiction, and you will hear an unending stream of the, the, fa- the, fla- the factions and excuses, expert designs to prevent you from touching my idol, my best thing. I might even make you feel guilty if you ask me. Here are some of the coming lies addicts say all the time. See if you recognize any of these. I'm going to quote to you. One drink isn't going to hurt anyone. Ever heard that? Of course. I just need a little something to relax me. I've worked too hard. I deserve it. I can handle it. It's not that big of a deal. Don't worry about it. This will be my last time that I drink. Right. Note, the only way you will ever be, at, be the last time is if the last time was the last time, not this time. <laughs> I can't stop anytime I want. Right. I can't stop anytime I want. No, you're not. I can't stop anyway, so why even try? I can't stop anyway. Why even try? Even, uh, even chemical dependency is a lie. So, so it, is a, it is a physical lie it is your body telling you that you will die if you don't continue with your addicted substance. So if you quit right now, you're going to die. Now your body begins to, begins to lie to you because your body likes it. Your body likes that addiction. Addiction is slavery. Slavery. Addiction begins with hurt, which leads to escape, which leads to deception, and which leads to slavery. And this is really the main problem with addiction is bondage, is dependency, is slavery. You ever see movies about slavery? People with shackles in their, in their feet and their hands. They don't have right on their own. They lost their freedom. What do you think addiction is? You lose your freedom. Somebody's controlling you. You're not calling the shot. Somebody's telling you how to live your life. Desire, let me put it this way, addiction desires to have you and it becomes your master. Only God can be your master, but you know why? In this case, addiction. We see this in Proverbs, of course, Proverbs 23, and talking about alcohol here, but look at uh, verse 35. If you go there, Proverbs 23, 35, I want you to see this. I'm not going to read for the sake of time the whole place, but if you read from verse 29 all the way to verse 35, dealing with alcohol, it says, they have, verse 35, they have stricken me, I shall say, and I, I, I was not sick, they have beaten me, and I fell in not, when shall I awake, I'll, I will seek it again. Follow that? They're drinking as much as they can, they're drunk, they have hangovers, and they say, I will never do that again until the next day. They do it all over again. So is any other addiction. I never do that again. I never, and they're back at it again. They do it over and over again. So, what is their, their final cry? When I will wake up, I can find another, I, can, I will find another drink. So they do it over and over again. So addiction is a slavery. 
but is a voluntary, listen to this, a voluntary slavery. You give yourself to that. Listen, you say, well, how can a person, poor guy, he's an alcoholic, he, he, needs, to be, he needs to be cleaned up. He got this somehow. He didn't just grow up, wake up one day and become an alcoholic. It's a gradual thing. You keep on doing it. Okay, we did all this. We expand all this. Let me. Let, how do you deal with these things? Number three, dealing with addictions. How we deal with addictions? So we I kind of open all this up. Let's go. Let's close this up now. So how do you deal with addiction? Let me close with, with our, this message with this by sharing you a couple of things from God's word about how should we deal with it. So you have an addiction. How can you deal with that? Number one, God knows you knows and loves you. God cares about where you are. Don't think you're like, you know, there's no remedy for me. Number one, God knows and loves you. He has always, he always loved you and always wanted to, to, be, to be there for you. And you need to let go of that addiction and remember that God loves you. In other words, you don't have to clean up yourself. But, but before you come to God, come to God as you are. He will clean you up. I know many people that I led to the Lord who had addictions, who are alcoholics. Guess what? They were clean up. They became great Christians. They let go of that garbage. He said, there was no remedy for me. It is because there is a God who can help you. I have seen many people broken and said, well, uh, listen, I used to preach in the Providence Rescue Mission. You're talking about people that hit bottom there. Many came out of there. They'd say, I will never do, never go there again. I, 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 I'm going to live for Jesus. So, God knows and loves you. He knows exactly why He loves you. Let it be. It is a spiritual battle. There is a spiritual battle going on uh, inside of your soul. And Satan wants to kill you, to destroy you. But God says, I can take care of you. Listen, any type of addiction have a strong hold on a person. And wants to get... That, and, and, and once you uh, get the help that you need, you, you, have to, uh, you have to continue on fighting because you will don't, uh, if you don't fight, you go back to it. Let me tell you this. When you, a person is an alcoholic, when a person is a drug addict, you, you just say, well, I give up on that. Praise the Lord. You know what? It is a battle that goes on for the rest of your days. Because if you stop fighting, you go back to it again. Talk with those people that have been in those places. They will tell you that. There's always a temptation to that. I'll give you a story. There was a man that was an alcoholic, and every day he didn't drive because he was afraid to kill people. This is a true story. This is not, a, this is not like something that I invented. What he does, he goes home, and he walks that way, and the way he walks home, there's always a bar there. So he walks, and he always stops at the bar on the way home. Well, it was a pastor that led this man to the Lord. He got saved. And the wife asked him, I said, why do you take so long to get home? You know, you, she used to come home this time. You take so long to get home. Said to the wife, you know why? I don't come home the same way. I'm going. And he explained to the wife the way he's going. Because I don't want to go back to that road because I will stop at the bar. You're talking about fighting. See, so it's a, a spiritual battle. Once you receive Jesus, I say, or if you are a Christian, you want to give up on those, on those things, on those addictions. You know what? He is a constant fighting. Whatever is the addiction. You say, well, but I can not do this by myself. Yes, you can. Look at Philippians chapter 14, verse 13. Go there. You say, I can't do that. No, you can't, but God can do it for you and can help you along. Look what it says. I can do all things through whom? To Christ who strengthened me. Not just read for read, but believe in what you're reading. Apply it. You can be victorious over your addiction if you ask Jesus to help you. You know what Jesus said? You know, to seek, knock, or, you know, in all these things. Do it. Ask, seek, and knock. You know what says in Matthew? No, Satan is the master of deception. And he tells you, you cannot do this. And God says, yes, you can do. Look what it says in John 10, 10. It says, a thief cometh not, but to steal and to kill and to destroy. But God comes to give you life and more abundant life. You know? Anyway, let us see. There is hope in the Lord. There is hope in the Lord. A lot of addicts have lost hope. They have tried and failed to kick the habit. So many times. I had one man 
that was in rescue mission. He came to me, and he was saved. He was a Christian man, but he, he, he came out of addiction. He, 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 he was in the ACI for whatever he did. He came out. He was undoing, he's doing community service, and he told me, he said, like, you know what? I did this thing. I'm doing a good, and, and I was having victory, but I failed again. And I said, and I talked to him, I said, why, why you fail? And he explained to me, and I tried to help him, why don't you avoid these things? And he said, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to fight it. I'm going to fight. I think, I think I can. I said, no, you cannot do that. But through Christ, you can do this. He would give you the strength to overcome these things. So there is hope in the Lord. There is hope in the Lord. Don't think you're hopeless. There is hope in the Lord. Some even say, what's the use? There's no way out of it. Yes, it is. There's a way out. There's always hope in God. Look, it says in Psalm 23, 25, 3a, let none that wait on thee be ashamed. A lot of us feel uh, burning shame over our addictions. I tell you what, addictions is something even when we come out of it, we cannot be naive to it. There's always a struggle there to go back to it. But we can have victory. There is hope in God. Do not need to be, you don't need to be addicted forever. There is a hope in the Lord. Look what it says on Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Come unto me, all ye that labor and, and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Satan wants to destroy you. Jesus comes to free you from your addictions and to give you abundant life, life to the full. Remember the verses we read early from Corinthians that speaks about all the many sins and things we can get addicted to, but you need some you are justified. You know, you, you have all these things. Don't go back to those things. Letter D, you need God's help. You need God's help. You have been escaping your hurt so long, and you, need, you are so deep into deception and slavery that you cannot... Uh, beat that on your own, so you need God's help. You know what God says in First Peter 5, 7? Casting all you care upon Him, for He cares for you. Right. Just give it to the Lord. So, Lord, I am weak. I am struggling. I don't know how to come out of this. Lord, I need your help. You know, God will come to the rescue. Peter is telling us to, to give it to Jesus, all your cares. We're talking about our troubles. We talk, the subject tonight is addictions. Can I give my addictions to the Lord so I can have victory and live a life that glorifies Him? Of course I can. Of course I can. Don't feel that we are hopeless, that we cannot help ourselves. Listen, we can do all things to Christ. All things. No matter how painful it is. And there's all kinds of addictions out there. Letter E, you need, God, you need good people. You need good people. Look what it says, First uh, Corinthians fifteen thirty three. Be not deceived. Evil communication corrupts good manners. So how you get out of it? Get some good counseling. Get some people that will help you and give you some words of wisdom and will help you come out of it. Don't go to the bodies that say, "Oh, just another drink will help you tomorrow," or just just another one of these. Oh, just go see another game. Or just another gambling issue. You can make your money back. That's not good counseling. You need to go people that will, will care by you and love you and say, this is what you need to do. And they will guide you in the ways of the Lord. Isn't that wonderful when people give us good counsel and guide us to God every time? Praise the Lord for that. Because they love you enough to tell you that. You need good people around you. I tell you what, I say to every Christian, I say, listen, surround yourself with good godly people that you know you can go to Him and they can help you. You're talking about all the issues of life. What about this stuff? I'll tell you one guy. This one guy, not here in our church. It was one guy that came to me and said to me, I need help. And I said, what kind of help you need? He said, I am addicted to pornography. And I said, well, as a young Christian man in our church, First Baptist Church, uh, several years back, I'm addicted to pornography. And I said, all right, why don't you put a, a, a password in there? I said, yeah, I put the passwords, and I remember the passwords. I go take the passwords out, and I go right in. I said, you make sense. He said, yeah. I said, why don't you just get the password and forget about it? Like, yeah, then I can't. I remember. I said, what do you want me to do? I said, I can put a password on your I can actually, this is two people, different people that I deal with through the years. I said, I can put a password on your computer. He said, okay, give me the computer. I'll put the password. One week later, hey, I need your help. He calls me on the phone. What, what's the matter? Can you give me that password? Absolutely not. <laughs> why don't give me the password? I need the password. I need to do I said, don't lie to me. Don't justify yourself because what you want to do is go and look at pornography. 
Oh, no, no, I, you know, I, I, I try to get in there and blocks me because of the password. I was like, you know what? I do not care. You told me to not give you the password. I'm keeping my word. I never gave him the password to this day. I guess he got rid of the computer. I don't know what he did. But anyway, there was another man along the way that came to me with the same issue. He says, he came with a computer to me. Can you put a password here? I, I'm watching this garbage every night. I said, sure. Boom, 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 boom. That's it. You know what? This guy with a couple of months calls me up. I need you to take that password out. He comes with the, he calls me up and I said, no. The next, the next time I saw him, he comes to me with a computer in his hands. Please take the password out. I said, nope. I will not take it out. Why? Because I, I, that's exactly what you don't need. Because you're going to go back to the same garbage. You try to have victory on this thing and you want to go back to the same thing. I will not do it. You see, the desire is so strong. The, the want is so strong. They don't care anymore, but they want help. You know, you help. Come to me, I'll help you. You put a password in there. You know what? They never came back to me. I don't know what they did, but they didn't get the password for to this day. I don't even remember the password. Might as well. You know, it's been so long. You know, I don't know how they did it, how they came out of it. But I tell you what, they never got it from me. I told them, you ask me something, I promise you I won't give it to you. I keep my end of the bargain. I won't give it to you. So deal with it. So we need people, godly people, that would help us in the ways of the Lord. We need that. We need those things. You know, so we look for those people, somebody that can help us. And we have to be open and say, I say, please help me. I, I admire those guys. They came to me and told me they have a problem. I said, they came to me and said that, you know what, I'm going to help you. So don't be, we shouldn't be ashamed to say, listen, I got a problem. I need help. I don't know how to help, but can you help me? Praise the Lord, those people say, I help you. You know, I help them. Now, if I give them the password back, would I be helping them? No. I'll be giving them the same food that they had before. So you want to help? I'll give you help. So we need good people. Be not deceived. Evil communication corrupts good manners. Let F. Truth is your best friend. Truth is your friend. You may have been lying to others yourself so long that you don't even know what the truth looks like anymore. But you need to get, uh, to get back to what truth is. You need to get that. Go to John chapter 8, verse 31. Truth got to be your best friend. Is gambling wrong? Tell your mind. Yes, it is. That's the truth. Is pornography wrong? Tell you. It's the truth. Is alcohol bad? Yes, that's the truth. Don't lie to yourself. All these things, you know what they do? They will kill you and destroy you. So, truth is your best friend. Look what it says in John chapter 8, verse 31. Then Jesus uh, then said Jesus to those Jews which believe on him, if you continue in my word, then ye are my disciples indeed. Verse 30, 20, 32. And he shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Jesus said, you hang around with me long enough, and you're going to know what the truth is. That's what Jesus is saying right there. You hang around with me. You want to, I mean, love, love, folks, truth should be our best friend. We live in a world, there's no more truth at all. People are just saying what they want to say these days, but not truth ought to be our best friend. Let it, let it G. Count yourself dead to sin. Look what it says in Romans 6, Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be, to be dead indeed unto sin and alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Die to the old man. Listen, if you saved here tonight, you got two natures. You got your new nature, you got your old nature. That old man in us is corrupt. He likes those pleasures, like those things. And if we give in to it, guess what happened? We will fall that way. But feed the new man. Feed that spiritual life. Die to sin. You see, what? but I, can't, I live in a world. I, I'm, I'm a sinner. Yes, we are. You know what? Keep short accounts with God. When we do wrong, ask God forgiveness immediately. Don't let that grow in your life. Let it age. Grow in the spirit, in the, in the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 2.22. Look what it says. But the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Make truth your best friend. Wow, it's a good thing, isn't it? The idea is this. Do not be controlled by substances, but be controlled by the Spirit of the Lord. 
I conclude with this, addiction is a serious problem that affects society, families, individuals. If you are struggling with an addiction tonight and you need help, seek help. There's no quick fix to an addiction problem, but there is help. There is help in the Lord. There's help on those things. Look for people that can help you. Get the Word of God. Make truth your best friend. Don't let those things lie to you. If you have to get rid of some friends, they don't, they're not a good company, get rid of them. Get rid of them. Yeah, right. He said, you know, help me now, building me up, so goodbye. He said, well, that's hard to do. Of course it is hard to do. You're hanging around with them for so long. It's hard to do, but you know what? It's the right thing to do sometimes. You say, you know what? You either... I'll tell you what. I had a friend of mine. Well, we're friends. We're hanging around together when, in our teenage years. You know, I never liked bars. I never liked those things. And guess what? Because, you know, the way it was in my house when I was in, mean, this guy had a, uh, some type of a thing. He'd find himself in the bars. And I, I, I thought at one point, like, what am I, I, I keep thinking to myself, what am I doing here? And I asked him, I said, listen, listen, I like to hang around with you, but I can't come to these places anymore. You know, I lost my friend there. That, was a, that friendship was done right there because I didn't want to hang around with them and those things. You know what? It was satisfying to me. Because I was, I was just appeasing somebody else just for the sake of it because I didn't want to lose my friend. And God, what? Make good friends. Make godly friends. Friends that build you up and care about you and love you. Not friends for the occasion and say, oh, have a good time with me. You know, let me put it this way. A friend is somebody that is always there. When we cry, when we laugh, when you hurt, when you don't hurt, he's always there. And sees another season. That's a friend. My pastor used to say, a friend is the one who walks in when everybody walks out. You know, when you're hurting, everybody don't care. He's there or she's there, whatever that is. You see, give up on addictions. Make truth your best friend. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for the word of God. Lord, it is help. It is hope for those who are addicted by many things in this world. Sports, Lord, pornography, uh, alcohol, drugs, uh, Internet, Lord, all kinds of stuff that goes on these days. And, Lord, people are so easy to get themselves involved in those things. And, Lord, I pray, Lord, help us, each one of us, to stay away from such a thing, that we have freedom in you, Lord, and live in that freedom that we experience in you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.